0: And welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John.
1: I'm Kathy.
0: And we are on episode two oh two. Uh tonight's episode we're gonna be talking about RPGs because in the pre ramble, we were really getting into RPG talk. And uh it's actually a topic we can actually talk about without any preparation, in my my belief. Um, do we
1: ever prepare anyways. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Let's be honest.
0: Yeah, we 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 well, sometimes we prepare, but it's very, <laughs> very, very, very rare. no, no,
2: no, no, no. You prepare. You don't tell us the topic until we're starting, so we can't prepare. No, there's been a couple,
0: but it's been very few. <coughs> there
1: are the true. exceptions
0: that prove the rule.
1: There, <laughs> yes. there have been a few.
0: Yeah, there has been a few. But, but
1: tonight, we're winging it with role-playing games.
0: Yeah, which is actually a topic we can actually discuss in in length a lot, so... That's not a big deal. Uh, so let's go ahead and get our, our business out of the way. We want to thank Mini Masterworks for sponsoring us. Uh, if you haven't seen, look in the chat. Um, and if you're listening on air, go check our Facebook page. Uh, and thank you, Xander Vorlord. Everybody has to keep their ear, cat ears on uh, for another 30 minutes. Because I was about to take them off. <laughs> um Check out Mini Masterworks. Um, I do show that a couple people have already bought stuff from them. Thank you. The money that we get uh, from sponsorship from him uh, goes right back into the podcast. We appreciate it. And I cannot, I will tell you, I cannot stress enough how much and how awesome his uh, paint shakers are. Uh, If you've gotten yours, uh, let us know. They're amazing. Uh, It actually had me repaint my entire army again. So, with that uh, we also want to thank Muse on Minis for hosting us and providing our files for everywhere and making sure Airbase sees and hears us uh, we also have a discount code for them and you can get 10% off your order with them um, and we do get a little bit back from them if you order from them other than that um, do we have any shout outs this week John
2: uh, you mentioned one uh, before we started Howard Hesman yes
0: there was uh, that was the one we had uh, people don't know Howard Hessman, um, WKRP, uh, the rock, uh, rock DJ. Wasn't that what he
2: was? What was his uh character's name? Johnny
1: so. Fever. Johnny
2: Fever. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, he often w- felt like the main character, even though it was sort of an ensemble of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. It, uh, I
1: mean, different different episodes focused on different people, but yeah, he was big in that, and he was growing up. So he hard. always
2: felt to me like he was the main character, but he, that's.
1: Yeah, 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 I
0: could see that. So, but, um, any other ones?
2: Not that I know of? I can't, hmm. I I can't, can't think say. of anything else. So let's get, John, what are you
0: drinking tonight?
2: Uh, well, I'm finishing up this Sierra Mist with vodka, and I'm with a follow up with a Moscow Mule. Nice.
0: Uh, is that Moscow Mule um, portioned out correctly?
2: Unlike last week?
1: Is it measured?
2: Is it measured? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, when, it, when I make actual drinks, I measure drinks, fucking heathens.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, to be it fair. It just only I had
2: three parts, so it doesn't take me fucking forever like I've when I make actual drinks.
1: i made drink. an actual drink.
0: Oh. Kathy, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Gin and tonic, and I just threw some gin in there and some tonic.
0: Was it like a splash or was it, you know, just like uh, a little bit of this, a little did, bit of that? You, you didn't add any lime juice to that?
1: It was a couple splashes. And no, I did not add lime juice.
2: So <laughs> was a lack of professionalism in your drinking. Captain Mizzi is having good. Any,
0: Shirley Temple heathen measured.
2: <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm on the wrong podcast if ain't no one measuring out their drinks. <laughs> And you'll find some people who actually measure their drinks and aren't just like, fuck it, let's do
1: it live. <laughs> it's a bit of a heavy pour, Banyan. Um,
0: I'm doing of course, a course of McCullin Scotch again. Um, Did you measure that shit out? Hell no. <laughs> I went, yep, that sounds like enough for that looks like enough for the podcast tonight. Um guys, we want to make sure. Please stay safe. Please wear your mask. Please wash your hands. Um, just measure your drinks. <laughs> don't measure your drinks. Um,
1: respect other people's safety
0: and yes. Um be safe out there we want to see everybody at Adepticon aka HugCon 2022 um, we want to make sure everybody is safe we love you, we want to hang out and do things with you later on during the year uh, if you haven't got vaccinated and you haven't got boosted, please go do that um, we want to have you here and alive um, please be safe cheers
1: Cheers.
0: Cheers. So, Baneon, you got your um, mixer. What do you think about it?
1: Baneon is a mixer?
0: He, uh, I guess he got one of the mixers.
2: The paint mixer, yeah. The paint
0: mixers.
1: Oh, a Vortex mixer. Yeah, the Vortex. Okay. Way. All right, I'm going to switch this over. Can you say mixer? I'm thinking, like, didn't realize you were into baking and you got a mixer. Cool.
0: I'm into baking. <clears throat> I'm going to switch this over to the paint cam, because I want to work on some models while we talk on this, because I'm working on... uh, Hopefully, the paint cam is actually working decent. I did pre-figure it out to make sure that it was doing okay. Type thing, so...
1: Those do look neat.
2: They're very shiny. Yeah. Shiny. (gasps) Cookie
1: Mandias. Hey, Cookie. Hey,
2: Cookie. Uh, Move. (laughs) How am I Warhammer guy? I
1: mean, oh, my goodness. I don't know if Gonzo's ever played Warhammer.
2: I have. Oh, is Gonzo Warhammer guy? Gonzo could be right-side-up guy. I assumed Gonzo was right-side-up guy because he Gonzo didn't use to right-side-up.
1: Right oh, Gonzo's right-side-up guy, and then Warhammer guy is you. Oh, I, I mean, got it. Maybe. I, got I don't it. know. Okay. Now oh, I'm look. confused.
2: You've shattered mm-hmm. my worldview.
1: And then Bandit Stormhammer showed up. Clearly the the, the most Warhammer of all of us.
2: Oh well, so yeah, I'm definitely Warhammer guy. And if he says it's also a BattleTech mech, so uh, uh, that's definitely me then. Because uh, hey, look, it was a Warhammer.
1: Medion said this weekend the internet has tempted me back into wanting to buy Eldar again. Was it the pirates? Is it because they look like pirates? I felt no. like they had this sort of flavor because they described them as swashbuckling. I was like, oh, they're Eldar pirates.
2: Yeah, they,
1: forgive me, they're Eldari pirates.
2: Yeah, the the kill team ones are. Oh sorry, pirates.
1: And, and and I like this idea. Oh too high. The jet bikes. Too high, oh well Gonzo. that makes sense. Jet bikes are fun.
2: Gonzo too high. Oh, dang, hold on, let me just move this. Too here.
1: high cannot see.
2: Yeah, the jet bikes, the new avatar. There you go. Uh, Morgan Ra. I mean Gonzo might be too high. I can't tell. I'm not gonna judge. Oh, <laughs> not ra. Yet. and Ra so why he's racing up. He's he's <laughs> He's right-side up because that was a, uh, yes, a joke cookie. that had played itself out.
1: Yep. Yes, Cookie. That is why. Mm-hmm. Vanda says, you oh. had a lot of flavor to build a Corsair list in the past through Forge World. I'm glad they're officially putting on their regular codex. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm also happy because uh, I, I'm of the opinion if you can only build a force through Forge World, it doesn't really fucking exist.
1: Yeah, that's what made me so sad, and why I never ended up playing orcs when I had the idea to do uh, like a Wazdac and Speed Freaks kind of thing because they they didn't make bikes
2: mm-hmm.
1: in plastic. And well, they,
2: they did, but they were the old crappy ones that we. I, I didn't we even was... know
1: those existed though when I started playing was at the towards the end of fourth edition. It was in fourth oh, edition, yeah, and then those, were, was, those were those were long like, gone. At the end of 4th, the beginning of 5th is when that new uh, codex came out, and I was all... I actually got, and somewhere they're still in boxes, I got a bunch of orc stuff, and but I wanted to, to base it around Wazdaka, but that was so expensive I was like, forget it. And all the other stuff just kind of sat in boxes, and then I ended up playing Fantasy, then I ended up collecting uh, a shit ton of uh, ogres. My ogre kingdoms. I have lots of them. And I love them. Even though I haven't played fantasy since. Uh, um, Forever. I don't again. know, but it was Square Bases. <laughs> and that was a while ago now. It was. Banda said, as for me, I'm going through a different route. Just finished nine hours Bellicor painting. Oof. Bellicor's
2: Ooh. Bellicor's a really cool do you model. Have, yes.
1: Do you have do you have any pictures? Uh, if you have pictures, throw it Post throw it up. in the uh, throw a link in the chat. Sweet. Hold on. Oh wow.
0: Yeah, Bellicor's a really cool model.
2: Yeah. Him and, uh, fucking Callus is his name? The fucking giant beast man minotaur or, uh, centaur dude? That guy's, oh. like, fucking legit as shit.
1: Look at that OSL you've got going on there. That is looking good. And I like that purple skin color.
2: Oh, yeah. That is fucking awesome. I like it. I also like it.
1: And I can see why that would take nine hours to do all of that because, wow, there's a lot of stuff on that model. It was your first time OSL? Well, good job for first time.
2: For first time, that's super-duper amazing.
1: Benion says, oh, the character's Shagoth?
2: Yeah, kind of.
1: Shagoth. Saying.
0: So I busted out. I don't know if you can see it, but over here on the left, on the right-hand side, I busted out my wet palette, Kathy. Did you? Yeah.
1: All I see is a little white uh, area. So.
0: Yeah, that's...
1: Nice. Now, who makes your wet palette? Which one are you this using? This
0: one's the Redgrass Games one with the reusable okay. wet palette uh, paper. Okay. This is the one that's got uh, you can you wash off the. Uh, I'm not sure if the Kickstarter's been um, fulfilled yet. Or oh, I'm pretty sure yet. it is. Uh, but the paper that's on here that you know you put everything on is a washable
2: wet palette. There we go. Panion, since you can't use the internet yourself, sir, let me Google that for you. <laughs>
1: sizzle right now with the 3d printing stuff you can actually have a colic model you do have STL files somewhere for them that's cool yeah that's the great thing on uh, you could find a lot of those models that GW never made oh, on, yeah on online now in that way 3d printing
2: and, and for our 3d printing episode we think that's fine
1: yes
0: they aren't making it go for it yeah,
3: so there's, chap, a ton,
1: doing... <clears throat> there's a ton of stuff for uh the Lord of the Rings game that you know that is in the army books that is not available as models. And so there are lots of people that are that have stepped up yeah. to fill that gap.
0: Which is weird because and maybe just because it's uh, you know Lord of the Rings, but that's a really really good game.
1: Mhm. Oh, it the is... mechanics for the Lord of the Rings game they did a fantastic job on that.
2: Yeah, it, it it was always weird to those who played other games, but like really good.
1: Yeah, it's it's balanced. It's
2: uh, it's it's not forty k.
1: Not forty k. I,
2: I, <laughs> I, I bring it up because there's a lot of people on Twitter who are like putting away their forty k stuff because they just don't like the current edition.
1: Well, oh, I agree, Vandas. Yeah.
2: You heard about the news they produced
0: yesterday, right? For forty k. GW's taking over the ITC.
2: Okay.
1: What's ITC?
2: Independent Tournament, Tournament Circuit.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Some of us need these things spelled out. Pretend <laughs> like we don't know. Every Pretend journey. like
2: she doesn't care. Yeah, it's more <laughs> like she doesn't care. No, no, it's, it's it doesn't know and doesn't care. I mean, it's not in there her oeuvre. There are Ouvra. two
1: different things, not knowing and not caring.
2: <laughs> well, different. I mean, it's kind of a both in this case, because it's not in your oeuvre. You don't really, I mean...
1: I am not on the tournament circuit, no. But I do have friends who play on the tournament circuit.
2: Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. But I guess they
0: are going to be taking over the ITC, is what the the latest news was.
2: Well, I know they're, they're sort of doing this thing where, like, we need to get people out there to help people learn the game and run tournaments and all. I'm like, yeah, you should call them Outriders or something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> what, a, what a crazy notion.
2: Ah, fuckers. <laughs> Sometimes I swear.
1: It all comes around. Oh yeah, in a big circle.
2: That's a good point, Legionnaires. That is the end of 3D printing in the ITC. Yep. They will straight no. Get that shit out there. That's uh, it's gonna be interesting. It's yeah. gonna be interesting.
0: Yeah, they they made. I guess I made an announcement yesterday that uh, they're taking over the IT, They're absorbing the ITC into GW, and they'll be doing it from here on out. And I'm like, hmm.
2: That's going to be interesting. Okay. That means that the ITC guys don't want to do it either because it's not something GW can't just say, we're going to absorb you. They, There has to be consent there.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not like the Borg.
0: <laughs> it's GW, though.
2: So Resistance
1: is be. not futile. I mean. Or useless.
2: I mean, they can try and just come over here and take stuff, but we can throw their models in the harbor. We've done that shit before. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The Great Boston Plastic Party.
2: Motherfuckers. I don't think I want it to be Memphis. Probably. I <laughs> drive down to Memphis for that. I got I got peeps down there. We'll hang out, even though they work for Games Workshop. Still, I don't care. Ain't nothing personal.
1: I've never set foot in Tennessee. Not, uh,
2: that,
1: it, not that I'm against it. I just haven't.
2: I mean, I have. I had to. I had to work there. there. Legionnaire
1: says I will meet you in Memphis. The closest I've been is Kentucky.
2: Which is, in some ways, close, but very far.
1: It's, you know what I mean? It's very close.
2: Yeah, we've been to Tennessee a couple times. Piracy. So, is okay. Actually, you know what? That brings, brings me to a fucking mini ramp before we start talking about role-playing games. Oh, okay. Someone jumped into a Discord and was shitting all over Borderlands 2. Sure, whatever. You don't like the company? All good. But then, I don't know where they're like, yeah, I pirated that game and, and, and their company sent me a cease and desist list and I had to stop or they were going to sue me. The fuck is that? I'm like um, de- de- defending their copyright or totally legal and okay. Like, when did it become like a problem for companies to go, oh, hey, you're pirating our shit. Don't do that. Or we'll take legal action. When did it become they're bad guys for that? You may not like them for other stuff, but for fuck's sake, that's pure legality. Like the cop shows up, your ass is gonna be in trouble. I mean, it's not really a cop, it's lawyers in this case. But anyways, it's just like the fuck. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand people. More on that later. Yeah, if you don't pay for price, like if you don't like the company, don't play their fucking games. You can say I'm gonna pirate their game. You can say I can't get certain game. I'm gonna pirate it. You know what? As I said, I'm not your daddy. I can't make you stop that. It is your thing, but. Do not get upset when they come a calling. You you fucked around. You now you get to find out. And I don't care if you pirate it. Like I said, I, I don't like it. Video games. I mean, honestly, and lot video games are probably the epitome of the. Well, I wouldn't play it if I didn't pirate it. That's probably true. But when they come a calling, just be ready. Yeah. No, yeah. Or more, more importantly. When you take an action, do not be upset when the consequence of that action comes around.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. In any case,
2: should we talk about role-playing before we totally destroy another one of those (laughs) topics for a week? (laughs) So,
0: the reason why we're bringing this up is because, well, we've talked about it a lot in the pre-ramble, and we are very passionate about our RPGs. Very, very passionate. And um, there's a poll going on right now, and you can find it, and you can do exclamation point vote Friday or Wednesday depending on whatever because I'm Ex-
1: explain uh, a little bit about what this poll means to you
0: well this poll means is whether I'm going to stream the world building on Wednesday or on Friday either one of those days are okay by me um, but I guess there's like a lot of people doing stuff on Friday which oh okay no big deal but uh, a lot of people have been interested in this because <laughs> I am designing my own world with discussions from everybody else i do have a basic i wouldn't say a basic concept i have what i like in my world but taking feedback and building from what other people and one of the things that we discussed is one of my races in the world is goblins Uh, i've always liked goblins as a playable race um type thing and when we generated the world by rolling the dice there was a world in the there was a city in the north that was right next to uh A body of water and right next to the coast and the world wasn't considered entirely evil but did have some evil tendencies based on the die roll and uh i was like okay well that sounds like goblins because goblins they're not entirely good but they're not like stab you you know eat baby type goblins
2: okay because when you say goblins i think stab you eat baby yeah not eat baby types still baby maybe but not eat baby wait did they steal the baby from the daikini
0: yeah they probably did (laughs) (laughs) but uh and so we would start talking oh they're near a body of water okay they're pirates and so goblin pirates were born and we were just you know having good fun with it and just building it and and actually it's a really cool concept because i thought about okay goblin pirates uh they don't have a, a leader they have a council and the council is always Fighting and bickering about what things goes on within the goblins and you know it just you know, it started generating more feedback and really cool type things. Uh, to I can go see with it.
1: goblins having a really, really dense bureaucracy. Full of red tape. You can't yes. do anything in a goblin in a goblin bureaucracy because you have to jump through so many hoops, nothing Hold gets on. done. It's like the USSR back in the day. These
2: are good this is a good idea. Hold so on i'm taking notes
0: (laughs) and so the 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 goblin society was born off of us just bsing and uh some people said they wanted to be kind of part of this and so like the next session is me digitally building the map uh and talking about it and taking notes because i've taken notes because um i did talk about you know some of my favorite rpgs and why i did this and um, for some people who don't know, we talked about it in the pre-ramble that Minotaurs are based off the Roman Empire. Um, that's kind of where it is. And I got that idea, and I'm not gonna say I'm not. It wasn't brand new or everything, but it was based off of what happens on the opposite side of the world in Dragonlance, because uh, I released a box set at one point of what happened, what, what's on the other side of the world in Dragonlance, and it's actually ruled by Minotaurs. And they have a Roman type empire there, and I was like,
2: "Spoiler, most people didn't care." Yeah, and personally, most, yeah.
1: personally, I was thinking they should be Greek, but that's just me, and I can't help <clears> myself. But you know, <laughs> it's not my world. Yeah.
0: Um, and so I was like, I like that idea. Uh, the as Minotaur says, you know, kind of like a Roman empire. <laughs>
2: I like, so world building wise, I like the taking a fantasy race and applying them to an ancient culture
1: mm-hmm.
2: sort of thing. Like the hobgoblins being like the Mongol horde.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oblicans, with Wolf, with, uh, wolf with ride. with
2: Riders and all that. that that's a mm-hmm. super cool idea.
1: Well, you know, it makes uh, it, a little furry hats.
0: It makes it easier for people to understand, too. You're like, well, these goblins, they have, you know, a democratic society and you know blah blah you know the minotaurs do this and do that and like if you give an example to somebody well they're like romans in a way and it makes it all easier because they can picture it in their head a lot easier if you give them
2: concrete real world yeah uh, well things to go you off all, of. you always want your fancy races to be able to be stereotyped because every every species should be able to be stereotyped yeah you know, it's not every Pearson's like that. Definitely not. Not every goblin's bureaucratic. Some are like, Fuck, I hate this shit. <laughs> yeah. And this and, is... it's, and it's in a
0: generic. It, not every goblin or every Minotaur is, you know, like that. Uh, but it gives a it gives a point of where it's at and why why they're like this.
2: I think it'd be more funny if goblins secretly actually hated bureaucracy, but goddammit, those are the rules they live by. Oh, you're paying me money? Sure, we can skip this rule for now. <laughs> Actually, I think go- goblins would make great like Ferengi in fantasy.
1: Oh God, yes! Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I feel like that.
1: my cobalt is going to be like that. Uh,
2: I was just thinking maybe cobalts could be Ferengi. <laughs> that would be awesome too, because when you go I to exterminate like, them, their big brothers the dragons are like the fuck.
1: Yeah, I feel like my cobalt. As I ju- as you were saying that, I just wrote down cash money's uh, Russian black market accent. so i'll be i'll be channeling when i when i when i play my cleric i will be channeling my inner uh soviet black marketeer which i've met several so i have a good idea
2: engineer says phryngian cobalt's now a thing hey i mean i think it's like i said you've got to have it i mean and honestly never ever ever feel bad about Borrowing ideas from other sources because no. everyone's borrowed from everyone.
0: Yeah, there is no reason to think. And, and you may have a unique idea, but you're inspired by something. Yes. Like the, something... the world I'm building is inspired by Dragonlance, by Exalted, you know, uh, things that I, you know, uh, earthed on. So, I mean, everything's, it's inspired because that's, you know, that's kind of why we do this. We're in... We're inspired by other things people do, and we're like, oh, I really like this. This is really cool, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's the reason why I'm doing this, et cetera, et yeah.
2: cetera. And when you're building a fantasy world, you sort of have to decide how it's going to be like, because the best thing, I, the best thing about D&D 4th edition from a setting-wise was they established the whole idea of points of light, where literally it's the world's all wilderness for the most part, but there are these cities that are points of light in there. It's like... I found the best fantasy analogy is the Old West. Like, yeah, there's some civilizations here or there, but once you get past a certain point, it's fucking might makes right. Whoever's got, you know, the money or the weapons fucking makes the rules. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I think that's a great way to look at it. And honestly, you could watch a lot of Westerns and steal a lot of very good plots for fantasy games.
1: It seems to be kind of how the world works these days.
2: Yeah, unfortunately. But I think that that's a great idea for when you're doing doing your family. I mean doing your family, uh looking at Xanders thing, doing your your world. Just sort of get get that whole idea of what it's gonna be like. Do you want it to be civilizations with no dungeon? Are you gonna do political and, you know, street level machinations, or are you gonna go dungeon crawling? You gotta decide that. Now this is of course assuming you're playing a fantasy game. I'm gonna limit my talk to fantasy right now since we're all doing fantasy stuff. You know, or are you going to do you know, Dungeons and Dragons let's say, where you're going to go find you're going to go kick open the door of that dungeon, murder everything inside, and then take the money. I mean, or is it going to be more than that? Is it going to be, you know, or are you going to have social implications of that you know, Goblin Village there? Do you murder the whole Goblin Village? Do you care? Do you want that kind of, uh, uh, thought in your game or not? It's important.
1: It is. It is, and uh, the the D and D game that I play in uh, every other week is <clears throat> much more role playing. Uh, and there's actually there's people in this group that would rather do the role playing of you know the minutia of what their characters are doing day to day than they would. Uh, being in combat that
0: being a murder hobo now,
1: now I like role playing like but it. it doesn't help me when, when I make a character that is is you know a veteran of wars and, and all of his skills are in, in fighting stuff and he's happy to role play but also there has to be a balance Yes. You know, you can you can have you can have sessions where it's all role play, and then you can have a session where, you know, it requires that you're fighting, and it and and not like murder hobo stuff where you're just killing everything you run across, but there's a reason, you know, why yep. you're fighting in this case.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and so that goes into a bigger thing that everyone should do when they're doing a role playing game is you need to set the tone for the game. And you need to make sure your players know that tone so that you're all playing in the same game. Because otherwise you come in expecting, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and they're playing fucking political intrigue. And you're like, Uh uh my barbarian does not wish I punched the noble.
1: Yeah, I do not know how to act. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand any of this. I'm just going to go drink.
2: And honestly you should also play the right game for that. There are other games that have better social mechanics than D&D and if you're going to do a lot of social stuff and not a lot of combat you should not be playing d and I know it might be all you know. That's okay. Branch out. Look for another game. There are plenty of games and, out know,
1: there. In D&D it, it doesn't have to be all about the killy stuff but, no. but John's right. You, you know as a as a game master and as a group together in your like session zero, which, which seems to be the new thing that, that people have been talking about over the last couple of years. I never heard that before until within the last couple of years, people doing session zero where they're, where they're establishing boundaries and expectations uh, with their, you know, what they expect about this game. What does the GM expect about, you know, from the players, and what do the players expect from each other, you know, and and what does a person absolutely not want to have to deal with in a game, you know, like they would like to never be confronted with, you know, X.
2: Exactly. So here's the funny thing, Kate. the reason why I laughed when you were saying that is because I actually got in a Twitter fight with a jackass on uh, who was like, if you use Session Zero, you're fucking worthless and terrible Don't run don't, a role-playing game. And it only come in the past couple of years because of all this social stuff. And I'm like, all right, first off, I've been doing this for fucking years and years and years. I've done many, many Zero campaign, Zero-level stuff. Like, maybe not in the 80s, but in the 90s on, Session Zero was all over the fucking place. You may have just called it character creation, but a lot of it is figuring out, where everyone is, getting a feel for the game. How many times do people come in, they're creating characters suddenly realize Alright, my idea is not gonna work with what you guys are doing and can you I... guys all fit together. I'm gonna zig now so I can fit in with you guys. Yeah. I'm
1: gonna now, recreate my character. Be, it could <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. It could just be that I was joining groups where they were already established and I was just coming in after and you get the feel
2: for it. Yeah. I mean... Yeah.
1: Yeah. After they'd all been playing for a while. So I'm Ooh. just diving in the deep end. Uh, so there never was a session zero, but, but just over the last couple of years, I've been in groups where we've started from scratch and everybody's making up their new characters. And, and, and the one I'm in now, the GM had never run a game before. So, we're all, you know, she's feeling everything out and, and we're all just kind of, you know, nobody wants her to feel like we're, you know, the know-it-alls who are trying to game the system. Because, you know, you get that. And I, yeah. that's funny because when I told somebody that I was going to, I was thinking of starting to run uh, D&D. Uh, I have my Dungeon Master's Guide now. Um, mm. He's like... Just play with people who who are less familiar than you are with the game and I'm sitting there like, do I even know do I even <laughs> know anybody who's less familiar with D and D than me who actually wants to play?
2: D and D fifth edition, that would that would be me.
1: That would be John. Yeah, but but, but you know your experience with your is with broader you know, oh, I've
2: played a ton of D and D RPGs, games, yeah, and
1: stuff, and then previous versions of D and D. So
2: I also find that my length of tenure as a frequent game master makes makes me a better player because I know when to shut up and let people just do their thing. Yep.
0: Yeah,
2: I play a lot of, i played a lot of campaigns where I played the quiet guy and I would just say little things here or there and be happy to jump in when necessary and let the guys do their thing. You know, it's a. So the session zero, it's important because unless your elevator pitch for your game gives everyone the perfect knowledge of what you're looking for, which it may, you need a session zero, like I said, to establish what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be gritty? Is it not going to be gritty? Because you got to set the rules and then yes. follow the rules to so make sure you got the right tone. Like uh, the old Champions book, which is the game I played the most, actually had a sheet in the back where you could circle your tone from one to five, you know, light to gritty and all that stuff. So you could have it down. So this oh, is what wow. we're doing. Yeah. That's why when people are like, oh, you didn't do that back in the 90s. Fuck, I did. Because it was right there in the book. Just because you only played D&D, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Back in the 90s, we played oh. so many different RPGs. You know, oh, yeah.
2: That reminds me. Uh, The Legionnaires comment reminds me, Kathy. You need to play a very gritty game where we're all Muppets. You know, grip. You know, who gritty is right.
1: The, yes.
2: The, okay. Because someone mentioned gritty, and then Petey posted a picture of that, and Leisure's brought it up again. I'm like, that would be funny.
1: Gritty Muppets.
2: <laughs> oh, and I see might that's be
1: dying.
2: That's that's where that's where it comes in. What's your game? What's your elevator pitch? D and D gritty I'm Muppets. Sorry, like gritty what? Muppets. Okay, gritty Muppets. All right, good. <laughs> uh, but yeah so it's, it's it's important to do that it, you gotta set I, I don't know set boundaries but no set boundaries is good if you have new people you don't know so literally uh, and I don't think I recorded it I, I'm i gonna actually edit I know it's crazy I'm gonna edit our session zero so we take out some of the extra stuff but uh, I didn't start off I let I let Jason who's a new player to our group know like this is what we do this is what we expect you know this is how it's gonna go because he's coming in fresh. He doesn't know us. We've played together many, many times. So
0: I want to kind of interrupt this uh, and ask you, like, what are the things you ask for in session zero? Because one of the things that I ask for, or I tell them, besides, you know, it's gritty or whatever, I tell the players, though, like, somebody will say, hey, I want to play an evil-type character. I go, okay, I get that. But you're not going to ruin the campaign
2: with it. Oh, you're, that you're, would, You, that you would can play an evil character. Be, that would not be session zero. That kind of stuff should be kept secret from the rest of players.
0: Correct. No, I'm talking about is the pre. When I say session zero, this is a pre stuff. If someone comes up to me and says, hey, I like playing your campaign, but I want to play someone evil. I'm like, okay, let me talk to you about what, we, what, we, what I expect from an evil character.
2: Well, yeah, you should always do that. You should, if you want to play something like that, you should like, I don't mind if you do something, you know, against the party. I am all for proper role playing. Correct. You know, charging the rest of the people cash money for heels. That's fine. (laughs) But just make sure you're not, you know, I don't expect the party to be necessarily fair either. Oh, lady B said, hail hydrate.
0: Yeah. But you want to make sure that cheers that when you do this, you're like, yes, but don't ruin the campaign.
2: Yeah, but that should be a, so here's the thing I'm going to say. If you're a player and you want to play an evil character and your idea is to ruin the campaign, get the fuck out! Yeah. Because as soon as you try to ruin the campaign, I will eject you from the campaign, and probably the premises.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter how many times you whine about how you're just playing your character.
2: Yes, if you have to say... you're an asshole. Yes. Now, there are ways to do it that are without... You can say, I'm playing my character without being an asshole, that's okay. But if that's your only defense then you probably should be thinking twice. We've all had the opportunity to play double agents or whatever. You've got to be, you, you got to read the room when you're doing that stuff.
0: Yeah. You definitely want to make sure that you communicate that to your GM and stuff yes. way ahead of time. So they can and
2: privately. So, you know, I mean, or you can play it, you can play it in, say it to everyone, but they're going to know, and you're relying on them to keep that knowledge separate my players are good about that, but not everyone is. And some people don't want to know what they don't know. Yeah, Xandervor uh, says, don't play a Unicorn Paladin in a Party of Shady Thieves. True, but it can actually be pretty fun sometimes. Just make sure you know what you're getting into. Which is a
0: reminder of someone had a party thing that I saw. It was like, uh, why is a paladin in a group of thieves? It's because the paladin's the parole officer for all the thieves.
1: Uh, uh, and I was well, like, he's... that's you know, but actually runs... a pretty
0: cool concept.
1: It runs both ways of not being an asshole. like You could Correct. be evil and not be an asshole, but you can also be good in a group of people who are evil and not be an asshole.
2: There are certain uh, parties. That's
1: part of the expectations that you hammer out at the beginning. You maybe want to revise how you as a, a lawful or a good person deals with being around a gang of thieves and why you're there to begin with. Because if you don't like these people, why the hell are you there? it's no real reason why your character would spend time with them anyways.
2: Yep. But yeah, be, being hardcore one another is, you know, is just as bad. Yeah. Uh, you got to read the room and understand. Um, but there's lots of ways to do it. You know, I like the palette idea of like, I know they're shady, they do stuff that's there, but I see this spark in them. They always do the right thing when it comes time to do the right thing. You know, or something like that. There's a lot of ways you can run with that. There's good, good role-playing opportunities. Yeah. As long as they're not pure murder hobos. Oh, and officially, as long as your god's not okay with that necessarily, I've always found Paladins of Justice to be a lot more interesting. Because justice is not law.
1: (laughs) That's true. And the hammer of justice uh, is actually pretty neutral.
2: Yeah. Surprisingly. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of things there. You gotta you gotta read the room and understand the what you're playing. Um make sure your character is gonna fit in to some extent. You can have some interparty conflict. Just yeah, not Yeah,
0: there's nothing wrong with characters
2: not liking each other. Correct.
0: <laughs> there's a problem when players don't like each other and cause the game to slow down or the game to be a problem, etc. etcetera. Et cetera. That's yes. a problem.
1: Like, like I, for instance, know that my kobold cleric, when it joins the the group of kobolds in our, in this new D and D game that I'm joining, well, it's it's not new, but it's new to me. Uh, they're going to expect one thing from this cleric, but I have already told them how I plan to play this cleric. So they don't have any expectations about, oh, we're going to have a cleric. So that means we all get to be healing. No, this cleric is very mercenary and greedy and yes. uh, and heals for cash money. Yeah, you you were, have cash money, I heal. You you're, don't you're have cash money, I not heal you. Exactly. So, but, but to be fair, we are all kobolds. And I'm pretty sure my god is Asmodeus, so I feel that's in line.
2: <laughs> I think the potential upside of a kobold party is great when, like, they vanquish something horrible and, like, you know, people come like, oh, who's the great party that vanquished the evil tyrant? It's, why are these kobolds here? What the fuck yeah. is this?
1: <laughs> and, and no one believes them.
2: No one believes them.
1: No one believes them ever.
2: I'm sure some of you guys are like, but I saw them. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you're high.
1: Yeah, this guy, he was drunk. Had to be.
2: <laughs> but yeah, so there's a lot to that. Fantasy games, I think, are, they're not the hardest game. I actually feel sci-fi is the hardest. But. I, I kind of agree with you on that. But fantasy games have their challenges. I, I find the modern stuff to be the most easy because you have to explain so much less. World building a modern game is you're in Chicago this year. I, okay, cool. I, well, I can figure accurate. that out.
1: Well,
2: you're in Chicago <laughs> 1975, let's say. You can do that. You can say you're in San Francisco. Like, we had a guy in one of my groups who was who had lived in San Francisco and we had basic game in San Francisco because of sort of mystical overtones they have there. And it was great. He he added so much character to it because he knew places and all that. It was great. Uh, you know, but you, you can set up in a up in a modern game easily. Fantasy and sci-fi is so much harder because you have to world build so much.
1: So Vandas has a question. Uh, mm-hmm. how, uh,
2: you guys saw the Book of Offense series yet? Yes, we'll be talking about that in the media section a little bit too. Yes. I don't yep. think Kathy has yet.
1: I have not yet had a oh, chance. Kathy. I know, I know, but I, yeah. Later.
2: Yes, but so, I mean, so I think fantasy is hard. World building, so it's a little easier because lower tech is easier.
1: What about the far future where there is only war?
2: Uh, it's I, too, too grim. It's hard to I play there. I was
1: so wanting to play Dark Heresy back, back when it came out.
2: I tried. Um. I was interested I'd rather play I don't know which version it is, whichever version it is you're the Inquisitors, not the
1: uh I think not that you're the
2: Space Marines. I think
1: that's it. You're not space marines. Yeah, you're Inquisitors and other stuff and huh, we had a friend who actually took Dark Heresy and Inquisitor and whatever else he could think of and he smashed them all together. And they they but let us play it at the bunker. That's cool. And uh, and that was our Wednesday night role playing game for I think it lasted a few months, and oh my god it was it was like like ravener on acid it's ridiculous like
2: ravener on acid so if you ever made a dVD of you guys playing that like ravener on acid Kathy uh. Wapple, that's a headline I like ravener I like acid fuck, I'm watching this. <laughs> So yeah, I mean it's it's hard. I mean, I think I think the hardest is certain worlds are hard to role play in. The hardest world we ever had to role play in fantasy was Dragonlance, because at the end of the day, it's really hard for a GM to find something for you to do that's worthwhile. That's not that he can't; it's difficult. Um, Book wise, you have to read. Uh, I don't know if anyone's read Heroes. Uh, it's called Stormbringer. It's uh, one of the spin-off novels, but it was great because it actually told they intersected with the main party at a point and you know wrote wrote into that. So it was really cool. So it felt like this this actually affected the overall story a little bit, but in a very little bit. and that's sort of the problem with some of those pre-written things is you it's hard to affect the story. Yeah, it's like play role playing
0: in Lord of the Rings, or Star Wars, or Star Wars. You've got to go oh. outside
2: the box. It, it's it's really it puts a lot more work on the uh, the GM.
0: Yeah, you either a have to go. Oh, this is way before the books, or way after the books. Uh, well, or you can do it during, during the books. But, but mean, this it's is a
1: big. It's a big world. Correct. And those people are over here. Can't you be over here doing something yeah. else?
2: But I mean, the there are is, other
1: things going on in a great big world besides what just these people are doing.
2: The problem is, that all those are written that these are the heroes of heroes and they do most of the important things. You might they be able can to only do other.
1: most of the important things in one place, though.
2: It's the thing, though. Like That's like it, saying it, it all the on...
1: important things ever took place in China and nothing ever happened in Europe.
2: Well, in certain wars, yes. But that's sort of the thing about this. It's a certain time, a certain war.
1: Okay. During the
2: War of the Lance, they did most of the most important things. Sure, things happened. But in the day, that's the hard part. Is you have to make your characters involved in something. And make them feel like it fucking mattered. That's why I tend to avoid, you know, worlds like that. Love the Dragonlance world. Could have been cool to roleplay. I'd love to roleplay the modules. I'd love to find, like fifth edition versions of the original modules that's what lots of you spend the money on Fucking a well that i played a hell out of those but uh otherwise it's just really hard to find like i said parts where you can make your characters feel worthwhile feel like they matter huh so that's important no matter what you do you have to feel like your characters matter you can't have them constantly upstage. they can't go like yeah well we did this but really i mean it doesn't matter because they stopped the dragon army at this place or you know they did this it's tough yeah, because you, you try to be times.
0: the center of the, the you want your players to be the center of the attention mm-hmm. with whatever they play and that's kind of hard to do whenever there's a pre-generated world and you know what's going on and how everything's going to happen mm-hmm. unless the gm you know retcons it all and
2: well changing. it's harder also based on what you're doing so like uh, Dragonlance is really difficult. You can do some stuff, and you can be reasonably important, but it's tough because all the details have only been written about the areas that the the that the companions went to.
3: Hmm.
2: Something like Star Wars is easier. Could be like, okay, we're in the rebellion, so there's lots of rebellion from. Well, we thought there was lots of rebellion before the Death Star going to Return of the Jedi, but there's really not so much. Because you see that the Rebellion only really started becoming fully on military, military, and Rogue One. So, But there's still some area there for you guys to do something. There's a couple of the years that you guys can do important things, just not the most important things. Like you're not going to up the Death Star. Unless there was a third Death Star no one knew about. But then again, like I said, you're putting a lot of work on the, on the, uh, <laughs> the GM. That's the hardest part. It's not that you can't. And a great GM can do it and will make it awesome. It's just a lot of work. So uh, that's why a good generic fantasy world, Greyhawk, uh, Forgotten Realms to a lesser extent in my opinion, Forgotten Realms has a lot of issues.
0: Forgotten Realms has just like, ooh, there's Dritz, ooh, there's Elminster, ooh, there's, but, but you, know, you can still do it. You can't like
2: go 10 feet without tripping over to Archmage. That's yeah, true too. Oh, fucking Kelvin Blackstaff, get out of here, man.
1: You know, oh, it, like, and so, like you know, I read a couple of Dragonlance things, but it was so long ago, I remember nothing.
2: Any Dragonlance or Forgotten Realms?
1: I don't think I ever read any Forgotten Realms.
2: Like I said, there's nothing wrong with these, it's just there's a little more work on it. I love the fact that there's all these worlds made, but uh, the best bit is to take parts you like, steal them, and then just use those whenever you want. Yep. Or like Gonzo does, building the world's really good. Um, or you know, sometimes you just don't fully build the world; you just build it as they go. Mm-hmm. You build and an you, area and go. This that is what can
1: it be is. fun too. You yeah. build a yeah. You have a city that's or a town that that people are based out of, and then you just kind of
2: yeah. You write and in. This expand is where you're from. your adventures
1: okay. out of that and yeah. grow mm-hmm. it organically.
2: That's, that splits the work up because you can have the the players can make up where their characters are from if it's not from that town and be like, okay, I'm from this city far in the east. Just take notes, far in the east. And you have this jerk map where we started far in the east, this, that, whatever, and you can fill it out as you get there. That's also really cool. Um, so well, Banyan says probably one of the common mistakes that a, a, a novice GM would make. Or, unless timey-wimey stuff happens, some of the fairiest persons take out the companions before they become the heroes and you take their place. Then they keep mucking with special events. Yes, but that takes the wonder out of the world. You know what's supposed to happen because you've read the books. You're going to inherently be trying to do those things. And thus, you're back in a similar problem. You're related where you're like, you think you know what to do, but is, it might hurt you from trying to do what's organically right. Instead, you're trying to do what the story did.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
2: So again, it's a problem. And honestly, I think the more you keep timey-wimey out of it, the better off it is. It's fraught with danger.
0: Um, before we, because it's getting close to um, media section. Um, let's talk about our favorite systems. Because we know generic D&D, 5th edition, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it, uh, even though they have the tagline, I don't believe it is the greatest. I think it is the most well-known. And I think it's the one easily accessible to a lot of people. But what are ones that are outside of the normal? And, Kathy, what games outside of D&D do you think are really good that you enjoyed, like Rule Wise or, you know?
1: Deadlands.
0: Yeah, you've said that before. I, I
1: like Deadlands. Uh, I liked uh, the way they used the dice and the cards and the poker chips in that. But it was really creative, and it did a lot to, uh, to give a character unique things. It used a unique feel to everything. Yeah. I had a lot of fun playing that. Any other ones? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. Uh, it's been a long time since i played any of the other ones. I seem to recall, um, what was the, El- the Elric one? The Elric and Melna Bonet one? Yeah. Stormbringer? The Stormbringer one. That was really fun, and I couldn't believe the giant catalog of races that there were in that. The-
2: Someone went deep on that game.
1: Yeah, it was crazy.
2: Like It was like mad props to whoever made that game. Holy crap. It was way more to it than you Go ever and find expected. That. I don't
1: know when it came out, but we were playing it in the early 90s. I can see that John is Googling this. I <laughs>
2: am. I actually think they redid it at one yeah, point. Yeah, they did.
1: Really? Yeah, they, yeah. Apparently
2: there's a version still out right now. by uh, Oh, it's still by Casium. Casium.
1: Huh. They've been around
2: for a while. They're, they're a quality company.
1: Who's doing? Is it is it Pinnacle Games that's doing Deadlands?
2: I uh, think Pinnacle is yes. Oh, they were doing it for a while. Uh, Deadlands. Da,
3: da,
2: da. Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Yes. Yeah. Uh, two thousand six is the most recent version. <clears throat>
0: So, John, what what systems have you really enjoyed a lot?
2: Um, I mean, there's a lot. Uh, The most is uh, the hero system, Champions, because I can quite literally do anything. Often without the rulebook, but that's just because I've played it enough. But I'll be honest, there are more good role-playing systems out there than bad. Like, there's a ton of role-playing games out there that are... Really good for their niche. Um, standouts would be um, the old Marvel uh, Superheroes role playing game, the original oh one by TSR, is really good for what it's trying to be. Uh, that is one that would most be looked at getting a good solid way to make a. Uh, there is a uh, serial numbers filed off version out there that I own, but it's not as good. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't have the depth that the Marvel one ended up. because there was. I mean, that was a big deal for a while. There's so many supplements. Um, a lot of the other ones I liked have fallen off because subsequent editions have not made them better. And for yeah. once, I'm actually not specifically talking about D and
1: D. and Xander both mentioned Shadowrun, and I was playing Shadowrun recently. It's not as and cool as it was. was second edition Shadowrun. And That's the best. I. I love the universe, the world of Shadowrun, like the characters and everything, <sighs> but could it be more complex? I felt like I had Crunchy. to do homework every single <laughs> yes, week. Yes,
2: it could be more complex, and that's I'm the like, funny part.
1: It was ridiculous. I'm like, I need to read... And then I didn't have books, so I had to read the... the reading PDFs. the PDFs and stuff is... is I annoying could probably, and frankly it gives me a headache and maybe that's why it's annoying for me I could like, probably it make the majority of the a Shadowrun character
2: out a book right now too <laughs> to try and read
1: this stuff online
2: yeah it's I think Shadowrun's one that has not gotten, be- not gotten better with subsequent editions I actually think second or third are the best it is a little more crunchy but that was its style um, Star Wars is one where it may have gotten better with age like the whole uh, Genesis system, obviously we're playing it for fantasy, so we think it's pretty good. But I don't have a ton of experience. But the West End Games the D6 version was great. Earth um,
1: Dawn was fun.
2: Earth Dawn was fine. I didn't think it was. Uh, that's my favorite. I didn't think it was. Sorry, I don't think it didn't think it was ever great. But ever also didn't think it was bad. It was there. Yeah. There's a lot of those.
0: Was always my favorite and will always be. I've bought like every single freaking thing that they've ever come out with that's my favorite out of all of the rpgs i've played i enjoy not only the world i enjoy the mechanics i enjoy everything about it that one's always been my top if anybody says and i i'm like john earth on yeah i can make you a character in no time flat and i can run an entire campaign without any prep so, all right, I got it
1: there was a game that i played once upon a time Called Fading Mm -hmm. Fading
0: Suns.
3: That was a
1: sci-fi one. That's a good one. I really enjoyed that one.
0: Yeah, that's a good solid sci-fi.
2: Yeah, that one's good. Um, There's a lot of like I was never a big World of Darkness guy. Was fine. The mechanics are actually bad. Uh, The way I understand it, they've actually act they've gotten worse in subsequent editions, which is impressive because I didn't think it was good to start with. But it was a great change of pace for role players. It changed the game. You know, mad respect to White Wolf Games. They changed the game. Um, But it was, like, I don't think the rules were good. Uh, Xander Vorlord played Palladium Books. Yes, Palladium Books was a great system in the 80s. (laughs) In the 80s. It's no longer the 80s. And the system has not... Yeah, and the system has not upgraded, really. That's their biggest problem. I played a ton. like, I owned their entire catalog for a large portion of my life, and it's just as you got into more stuff, you realize that the games were not good.
1: Wait, wait. No one's mentioning GURPS, speaking of the 1980s.
2: Uh, <laughs> GURPS can do anything. I don't think it does... Like, GURPS can do everything, but I don't think it does anything generic well. System. I just don't think it does anything well. I have not found its strength. How about that? Aside from being generic. And I can do anything you can do in GURPS, I can do in Hero System, and it'll work well in certain genres.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not all genres. Certain genres. Just,
1: just throwing that out there.
2: No, no, GURPS. <laughs> is, is, like, Steve Jackson's done a lot for gaming, and if anything, if I was making a game on a certain subject or thing and there was a GURPS book for it, I still own GURPS Space and GURPS Space 2 because it's a great supplement for when you want to make a sci-fi game. I don't care what you're making it in. The the stuff they put in there is top-notch.
1: Beanie, Ad mentioned Rifts. Oh, I only got to play that a few times. I rolled up my character. We played it like three times. And I really like the the idea of that game, well, and I wished it's... I had gotten to play more of it.
2: Well, Kathy, it's a it's a Palladium game.
1: Ah, well, maybe that's why.
2: Gonzo, you 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 know better, right? <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> I mean, it's already there. Yeah,
0: I was gonna make so, someone spend it.
2: <laughs> yeah, so like honestly, there's a lot of a lot of. Like I, like I said, I honestly believe even the Play game games, there are certain of their games that work fine. Uh,
0: the thing is, is, there's a lot of good games out there. Some are older, some are and, newer. Just go out and try them. I'll tell you one of the coolest things I've ever done is going to old bookstores. You know, old bookstores in like downtown places because they've got a lot of the old RPGs that people are just like, oh, I just need to get rid of it. And they take it to old bookstores. And I love going I, to old bookstores and looking in their RPG section. And I'm like, I buy, "Oh, this is
2: cool. I love buying discount RPGs it's great uh remember there are officially there are no actually bad rpgs just bad game masters because
3: mm-hmm.
2: it doesn't matter what the rules are if you guys are having fun yep. it's the best system ever
0: i've never heard of it he Her
2: means master role master vague, uh, okay so remember a i said there's of that. remember i said there's no bad role-playing games <laughs> There's really no bad role play games except Rollmaster. Rollmaster is fucking <laughs> terrible. It's not it's it is adding more shit to more shit, shit to, to more, more shit. shit. <laughs> like to the point where like five books in your you your classes get so specific that it's retarded. Do you want to be a dancer? Here's your dancer class. I'm like that's not necessary. <laughs> it's really not yeah, anything you're missing, you might be able to find on Drive Through RPG. But if you're going to go on our Drive Through RPG, make sure you leave a rating with feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I wasn't going to get to that one, did you? So, on Twitter before we get to the full media. No, no, this is up- actually this is part of the media. Someone was upset because they've made a game. I'm not going to say what the game is because I don't want anyone to go there and. I mean, if you, if you like this type of thing, you'd probably find it. And he was upset because someone left him a three star review. It was the only review on his on his game at that point, and he was upset because he got three stars. He's like, "You need to tell me what he did wrong." I'm like, "Well, it's a fi- out of a five star. And we're not talking about you know letter grades here. A three star review is like fine.
0: Yeah, it's there's upper nothing wrong B. with it. Like, it like, it's a B.
2: Okay, yeah, you're like fine. Yeah, you can get three like stars it means Slightly it's solid. Even. Yeah. I don't even start thinking about should I not buy this game if it piques my interest until I get the two or one, or zero. Like, there's nothing wrong with three star. But he was legitimately upset. Like, I don't want to be stuck with this review, motherfucker. It's a review. Get the fuck over it. Do you expect everything you put out? Have we gotten to the point in society where everyone expects everything they put out to be fucking five stars? You're the best. No, it's not. No, I can
0: we- understand if you give a three star. I always, if I give a rating, I give a reason why. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, 25 but you page. you don't have to. No. Not everyone's got no. time for that shit. No, you don't have to. But, I mean, that's me, me personally. I'm like, oh, I like this game, but here's here's what I like, and here's what I didn't like, and this is the reason why I gave the rating. But it's not it's like, like a 20-page like, review thing. But this yeah. person was going way over the deep end on this.
2: It, it was like, that, that was only the first post, son. Oh, my a God. Oh, it's not, it doesn't really get worse, but it's just like, of people are like, oh, I like what you did. Like, that's cool and all. But, like, literally, five-star... Oh, Legionnaire said Hail Hydrate. Hail Hydrate. Must be Hydrated before I continue to rant. So five stars. I'm not even sure how many role-playing games I would legitimately give five stars to. Let's say I have to give a rating of five stars to one role-playing game. I would have to give it to Hero System, but I'm even a little tentative to give it to that because it's five stars for me. It's not five stars for everything. It's, it's tough. I mean, I believe that for most things, movies unrelated, five stars should be like fucking the pinnacle. Like the greatest role-playing game in the world, self-proclaimed, would be three stars. I'd give D&D three stars. Nothing wrong with that. Some people give it four. Cool. Some might give it five. Eh, but sure. It's a very personal thing. And some people won't leave feedback. You need to be, as a creator of content, you have to be ready for that shit. You cannot be. Oh my god! I got a three star. What's going on? Like, dude, it's fucking okay. You made shit. Not everyone's gonna my like it. This over. just did...
1: they gave me a mediocre.
2: Yeah, the the <laughs> oh, I don't even. And, and based on what it was, I'm like, this seems like something I would look at and potentially be. It's a three star. But anyways, be be prepared. Anything you do is gonna be like you can't. God, did we have we gotten there? everything's an award. You're the best ever. No. Fuck. Y'all need to play different video games. I'll tell you what, playing MechWarrior enough has made me realize I am not the best ever. (laughs) I am mediocre as fuck. And I'm okay with that because I more often than not have fun. Yep. And that's the thing is, also, you gotta be ready, if you make your perfect baby, to be ready to take some criticism. And it's okay for people not to like everything you like as much as you like it. That's the fucking world. Is perfectly fine. Remember, they're judging the thing, not you. They're not even saying you're a bad person for liking it, except maybe Peacemaker. We're saying that <laughs> we don't like the thing as much as you like it. Cats more than anything, actually, but it, it's okay. Yeah.
0: So, a three is 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 a is not a bad rating. A as two, as as two as or a one? How, okay, how what's going on?
2: Do we give two Spacer piece 2, which is yeah. the equivalent of a three? Yeah. They're perfectly fine. Enjoy. I watched it again.
1: Uh huh. Yep.
2: Two point five. Got flaws.
1: In fact, I just watched a, a three point five star one.
2: Oh, please Uh-oh. tell us about it, Kathy. It's the media section. It it's is the
1: media section. <laughs> and yesterday, I revisited a movie that I have not seen in probably twenty five years. Oh, oh I man. Know uh, and it's one you've heard me talk about. A lot. I've mentioned this movie a lot, and I've been contentious with John saying it's a three star. wait, 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 wait. Can I guess says it? It's a four star.
0: Can I guess it? Wait, wait. Can 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 the chat guess? You
2: were it? in the chat with us, Gonzo. <laughs> you know what movie it is. True.
0: I know. Let's see. Can the can
2: the chat guess? Five. The
1: chat guess what movie? Four. I
2: watched. Three. You know, there's a delay, right? Having, That's just why I'm counting.
1: known that. Oh, <laughs> that's only oh, because it's sitting on my
2: table I was going to watch that but I didn't if watch only... it because...
1: wait did did they actually make that I'm like if only they made that did they Death of Smoochie yes yeah you
2: haven't seen Death of Smoochie
1: no
0: yeah they made it alright Kathy what was it nobody else can guess
1: Beastmaster
0: what not the pinnacle of cinema high cinema reels. Oh, whoa, whoa! whoa. <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> and
1: we all you. knew it wasn't the uh, best movie of all oh, time. Hell no! We all knew it wasn't hitting Casablanca on that scale.
0: <laughs> nope. <laughs>
1: no. Uh, it's it's still a little ways away from Cats. Uh, but but watching it all this time later, there are still parts of it I absolutely love, like um, Mark Singer in loincloth.
0: <laughs> Koto and Poto.
1: Koto and Poto. Koto and Poto. Oh my god, spoilers at the end. Oh, I know. I know. So sad. Um But right. but it the thing that irritated me about this movie throughout is the sleepy version of the Battlestar Galactica theme from original Battlestar Galactica playing over and over again.
2: That is absolutely fair.
1: I just... I, Jim came in. The person I'm watching it with messaged me, and they're like, Did Battlestar Galactica? And I'm like, I know, me. And then Jim came in, and he's like... I just had, I thought I heard Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) I'm like, it's not just me.
0: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) It literally was
1: like this sleepy, slower version. It was. You know, this more orchestral sort of, you know, version of of the Battlestar Galactica theme from the original 1979, you know, era Battlestar Galactica. And, uh... I had, of course, didn't notice that, you know. However long ago it was that I was ever watching it. No, no. It's not something I thought about back then. <laughs> but, but yesterday I was like, this is a bit distracting. It wasn't. It wasn't really irritating so much as it was just distracting because it would it would take me out of the movie, you know.
2: Well, it's the same thing with uh, was it James Horner reusing. Bits from the Star Trek uh, Wrath of Khan soundtrack, or other bits that he used prior to that, that he just keeps reusing. You're like, I- no, it's not that.
1: <laughs> oh, that would be. Uh-huh. So, but that was the most jarring thing in it. Uh, the 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 bat people who who hug you and then and then mm-hmm. suck all of your uh, life juices out and then leave a pile of. You know whatever you were wearing that was machines. non-organic. Um, <laughs> I love those. I love it. Also, also, uh, I and the person I was watching it with both made the comparison of how much cooler is it to have your hawk go summon these things than Gway here and the great eagles.
2: <laughs> In, I'm an eagle guy, but fair enough. <laughs>
1: Who do you want to show up? Like, I want the blood-sucking, uh, creepy-ass fiends with the great big, you know. They, they look like people who are wearing robes with their arms crossed. And then I they know. open their arms, and then they hug you, and then you're just dead. They basically, you know, absorb you. Um, yeah, I, lo- I still love that part.
0: <laughs> so, what's your overall rating now?
1: Uh, my overall rating is zero pants because I'm pretty sure that not one person in this entire movie wore pants. Uh, but yes, it, it, it's still 3.5 is where I'm meeting John. on uh, I,
2: that. I'm willing to relent to a 3.5. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will downgrade because of Rip Torn and a, uh, and yeah. Cotto and Poto. Rip
1: Torn and his false nose. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> why Uh, why is is it supposed to make him more evil looking i don't know i love the witches though like they're like the stygian witches it reminds me of in uh you know the clash of the titans sort of like they're 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 like these super sexy you know it's totally this fantasy babe super sexy and then you see their face you're like ah oh
0: classic um, I watched something this week that Kathy has watched, but I watched the new season of it. Um, I don't know if you can't even knew, but on Disney Plus, Secrets of Sulphur Springs had season two come out.
1: I didn't know. Yeah,
0: it just came out, and so I was like, "Oh, Kathy said she watched this," so I yeah. had to do some stuff in front of the TV and was working on some applications and everything. I'm like, "Oh, I'll put this on and start watching it, and I'll watch season one." Got through season one, went through season two. And watch the other thing, not spoiling for Kathy because uh, she hasn't seen season two.
1: Oh, I really enjoyed that.
0: It, you know what? I'm watching it, and it is very much a Disney TV show.
1: It is a Disney kids. It has sort mm-hmm. of a flavor of uh, Escape to Witch Mountain kind of correct. You know vibe to it. Like a and it's like a
0: Hallmark Disney Plus sci-fi spooky TV it, yeah, show. Yeah,
1: it's like it's a kid, It's a spooky kids show.
0: Yeah. It's not a bad show. I mean, I enjoyed it. The story was at least intriguing and appealing. Um, I could see definitely playing this for, you know, like third and fourth or whatever graders type thing. uh, And they would enjoy the the hell out of it. Um, I don't know if it got renewed for another season, but uh, season two was pretty good. I think
1: it's good good for adults to watch too. Yeah, you know, yeah, watch yeah. it with your kids, you're not gonna be disappointed yeah
0: it, it, there was nothing it's wrong intelligent. with it but you can tell that it's definitely geared toward like that type of demographic. Um, I liked it I had a good time with it. Um, characters are fun uh, learning about you know what happens and everything is good. Uh, it actually has some good life lessons in there uh, this season uh, not gonna spoil it for you, Kathy, but definitely you're like, oh yeah type thing uh so it'll be interesting for you to see um season one season two uh, about a two space herpes you know not perfect but it's it's not bad it's better than most things on tv right now
2: <laughs> john i don't know tv's pretty good right now uh well i watched uh, the next episode of the witcher Uh, and so now he's met Yennefer, and uh, things are coming together there, and it's getting a lot better now that the plot lines are converging, and I don't have to worry so much about what time everything's taking place in. I just need to find out for the last bit to come together, and then I think it might be better. So, we're enjoying that. Not going to give a full rating yet, but I am enjoying the crap out of it uh, now, so look forward to the next episode of that. Cool. Kathy, what you got?
1: Uh, I, I don't have any. Oh, oh, I do. I do. I did watch the first couple episodes of uh, The Legend of Vox Machina. Uh,
0: I did too. So, um. on.
2: I also did.
0: What? You said I you mean, weren't interested in it.
2: I wasn't, but you two watched it. Fucking had to watch it. <laughs> All
1: right.
0: So um, for Bill to know, this is based off of, of course, of Critical Role uh, and their Kickstarter, which has already, I guess, been renewed for two more seasons, by the way um the second season was based off their kickstarter the third season was renewed by amazon um i can, didn't
1: can i just say it? i don't really care about critical row
2: correct but this, is, this is why it. I, yeah. I also don't i love what they're doing for role-playing in general yeah yeah. Correct. yeah,
1: I yeah, yeah. Like,
0: i've never yeah. watched critical role either but i'm just giving a background of what it is
1: not, not like it's bad no but yeah. i just haven't ever gotten around to it
0: yeah um, someone asked me to describe Vox Maxx and I'm like, okay, if you took a and d session, recorded it, put a ton of modern language, modern sexual jokes, sexual innuendos, and drew cartoons
2: to it, this is what you would get.
1: This is like every single group I've ever played with.
2: Correct. I would actually say it's... Worse than every single group I've ever played with. <laughs> no, it's the,
1: just pretty much like every group I've played it's with. It's
2: more F-bombs and more fucking vomit and drinking and belching humor than most well, of my campaigns. there's
1: more vomit, but no, no. <laughs> Other than that.
2: I will say that it ended, I only watched the first two episodes since that was an arc. And I would say the second episode is very superior to the first. Mm-hmm. I would say that uh it's very well animated, very well voice acted. Yeah. Um content-wise need to throttle it back a bit. They, they, I to me that I think they they're were a little like, heavy-handed. I feel like
1: they're trying to prove something, like, they're like trying to be a little too.
2: The first episode they're like fucking 12-year-olds who, who who realize they can say the word fuck. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's how I felt about uh uh what was that western what was that HBO Western? Now Deadwood? I can't think of it. Deadwood? Deadwood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's I how I felt about agree. Deadwood.
2: It's a little more out of place here. Um, I would say if they throttled that back, and they did. Second episode was a lot better. Um, the first episode was like, Jesus Christ, is this 12-year-olds? Is yeah, this it, was, like 12 it year was, years. was kind of
0: cringy when I was watching it. I was like,
2: mm. I mean, it started cringy, it got better as it went along, and they got past right. that. And can we... For fuck's sake, can we get away from the bars are just there to seduce people? For fuck, where the fuck did that come from?
0: I'm I think that's just that,
2: a long standing tradition that
1: bars are horny. That's just memes. No, no, it's not a long standing tradition. That's memes, and memes memes are like
0: I, I, I should yeah. say yeah. not a tradition played of played out.
1: It was played out a
2: couple years ago. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's 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 boring now. I
1: I'd like to move on from you know, because I'm here to tell you that there are other characters that also, uh, you know, like to get it on with fawns that they run across in the forest, for instance, <laughs>
2: sometimes. Hey, hey, guess what? We're not 12 anymore. We can have adult-style sexual things in there. It's okay. Yeah. yeah
0: I, it, it, it came off as, the first episode came off as very mature, of, like, a bunch of 12-year-olds going, hey, we can do whatever we want. Let's do nothing but sex and curse. I wonder
2: but, but, if they wrote but, that intro portion first and then made the rest afterwards and that's why it's so different
1: but also the my friends and I do role play like twelve year olds sometimes
2: uh, once in a while absolutely yes. but the, oof,
1: it's so if, if that's one episode and then yeah. the other ones are different oh. then I mean
2: the second episode was great. I love the second episode it was it so, it, it it gets better. it brought it up. Yeah, no rating
0: right now because we're gonna wait till the entire. I want to wait till the entire season. Yeah, but like the first one was kind of cringy. Second one got better. Third one, um, there's some cringy parts in it. So there's Uh, a couple. I'm like, really? Okay.
2: uh, Phaeton, I'm I'm gonna go downstairs and stab you to death. (laughs) So so
0: um, no. There was a, a movie I watched since we all did that one that I wanted to talk about that. Uh, I saw on there. It's on Netflix. It's called Tick Tick Boom. Uh, it's got Andrew Garfield in it, and it's about a the composer, the guy that wrote Rent, Jonathan Larson. I can't remember. Um, and it's kind of like his story, and it's kind of a musical
2: movie. That's oddly specific.
0: Yeah. Um, but it's about like his life, trying to break into you know Broadway. Uh, and them doing like musical and dance routines uh i i was I, I like plays i like musical numbers i mean that doesn't bother me you know type thing um but this movie was like kind of interesting because it kind of played off because uh captain mizzy and i have been talking about uh uh Encanto and how we like the soundtrack of that and it kind of brought it up that you know a lot of that stuff it's amazing how people can make up all these musical and songs and everything that go with this because it, I was just like, man, that's a lot to put in. That's a lot of creative thinking and a lot of creative, you know, juices to make a musical and write these songs and everything else. Because there's a lot of people that do that. That's their job. Uh, Lin Manuel uh, did that, you know, with the Hamilton and. Um, uh in kanto so it was like it was just really interesting and kind of eye-opener thing is the movie great no it kind of gets like a 2.5 for me did it have good music in it yeah pretty good music was the acting okay yeah it just kind of was just kind of a meh movie for the most part um if you're really big into theater and really big into like that person's story you probably like it a whole lot more than i did uh but was i entertained yeah but if you're definitely into you know uh musicals and stuff like that you'll probably enjoy it more than i did so john what you got uh just the book of boba fett oh let's go with that one because me and you got that together can yes. we call it some well we can't because we can't spoil it
2: i mean it's too late someone already spoiled it in this chat oh did they also, I, I mean, I think I mentioned it, but uh, oh, okay, I, I heard the music at the end of the last season, last episode. I knew it was happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, this was definitely not. Um... It was. A, was a filler episode, um, and, and not best... a filler episode. In the in the fact that it's a bad, it's that it's, it's not it's a filler a, episode.
2: A... It is the absolute best filler episode ever.
0: Yeah, because they, they, you knew that they had to connect one and two. And this was the way to do it. This was Mando. I mean, it's already spoiled in chat and mentioned, but this was
2: an episode not about uh,
0: Boba Fett.
2: No, it's about Mando and where they're going to intersect again. And uh, a lot of fun stuff. I love they continue to build Tatooine. Tatooine is going to be the most built world in the Star Wars universe, and I'm okay with that. It's interesting stuff. You learn stuff about Jawas. Oh, yeah. Um, it's uh that no, it was very good. Uh, I like the heck out of it. A lot of universe building. Universe uh, I'll, history. I'll be honest. People said this. And so this episode was directed by someone else. This was uh, Bryce Howard who, who did this episode, not Robert Rodriguez. <coughs> and it and you felt it. Yes. I think Robert, agrees, Robert Rodriguez is good for an episode here or there. I don't think he's good enough to direct them all. I don't think his style meshes enough with... Uh, Star Wars. I think that's why some of the episodes felt a little off. I think it's his directorial style. So I think uh, I think they need to keep doing it because because uh, Mandalorian was all different people directing it. He you know, will do multiples here or there, but most was just different people directing. it. I think they need to do more of that. Right. I mean, I enjoyed not... I enjoyed this episode, even though it really wasn't about Boba
0: Fett, and it was about Mando and the connecting of the two stories. There was a lot of behind the world building that I've never knew about. Uh, we learned about we learned some history behind Jawas. We learned history about Mandos, uh, Bo-Katan, Yeah, that's that, all that stuff. It's stuff that you probably saw in Clone Wars, but if you didn't watch Clone Wars, you didn't know it. Oh, I, and I I've watched most of Clone Wars, and I was not, you know, it was it was cool to see because there were some actually some really cool scenes with all those you know things going on in it. Yep, but I enjoyed it. I still. Again. I'm still enjoying uh, Boba Fett. I'm going to give
2: this a rating. I'm going to give this episode a rating since it's a filler episode. Zero. <laughs> zero. Uh, yeah, there wasn't anything wrong with it. I enjoy, I've enjoyed it so far, and this is really pretty good much one. perfect. It's 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 great. Um, I, I will say, for next week, at least Kathy and I are going to watch Death to Smoochie.
1: Death to Smoochie. Let me write that down. Death
2: Yep. Well, I'm sure you'll be reminded of it when, when the DVD copy shows up on your doorstep this week. <laughs> the easiest way to make sure Kathy watches something is send her a DVD. Deliver a DVD. <laughs> that is true. The old Netflix ways. Uh, uh, also, well, so the funny thing is, so for a very long time, this is what she was very hard to find. So I usually jump on it when we get a chance. So there you go. I am I'm certain Kathy will enjoy the movie. And I'll watch it because it's sitting. It. I was going to watch it, but then they mentioned they both saw the uh, Legend of Vox Machina. I'm like, all right, I'll. I don't really have an interest, but I'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, one more thing, back <laughs> to that. I do like that it's not D and D. It doesn't feel like they're doing D and D in a uh, anime. It doesn't feel like it's D and D. it just what, feels like fantasy. Yeah, it just you know feels what like I fantasy. Like
1: about it is it's it, like when the druid is afraid of the dragon and everything uh you can she it's like you're it's like somebody who's role playing it they're not just reading down their stats on a thing they're not rolling dice and saying oh my god i i missed my fear save or my you know wisdom save or whatever uh but they're 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 role playing through Oh my God, I just saw this great big monster and I'm terrified and what can I do? And they're trying to work through this and other people are looking at them like, how come you're not doing anything? I don't understand what's going on and why would they? Uh,
2: (laughs) From a role-playing standpoint, if that is someone role-playing Dragon Fear, fucking A.
1: Yeah, (laughs) and that's how I was looking at it was this is how people are, you know – Sort of, sort of role-playing through their roles. It's not like that, that cheesy old D&D movie where somebody actually mentions leveling up. <laughs> you know?
2: Thank you. I had forgotten about that particular part of it, but now <laughs> I remember. I, that movie. We should all watch that and review that at some point. No. Only if it's free. Which one are we well, talking that's... about? The one with uh, the kid from Lois and Clark. Jimmy Olsen the, from the Lois and Clark. The awful
1: cheesy... Well, maybe The Owl were awful cheesy. I don't know. But that's the only D&D movie that I ever saw.
2: Jeremy Irons. Bruce Payne. Oh, okay. Oof. If it's free, I think we should all review it at some point. Yeah,
0: Yule bowl D&D. It's,
2: <laughs> Yule Bowl didn't make it. That's the scariest part. He made the Dungeon Seed movie, which I hear was actually worse somehow, which is impressive. you <laughs> it. Yule Ball, He's... Oof. You know who uh, he is, right? Nope. You've... I hope you've never seen one of his movies. He makes, using German tax laws, because he gets a lot of credits for making movies in Germany, he makes shitty, shitty movies of whatever he can get his hands on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then if you want to criticize him, he's going to threaten you to a fight, because yes. apparently he's an amateur boxer. Okay. He He should not be allowed to touch anything, but somehow he still is. Yep. Um, one last
0: thing before I, before we get out of here, I did decide to go ahead and watch the full American versions of ghosts, um, based on the BBC series. Um, Why would you do that? Uh, I had some time and I needed some noise and I'm like, okay, this is free. And there's wasn't anything on there. Hold
2: on. You noise. There's this wonderful noise called music.
0: It's I, better. No, it wasn't, it wasn't, didn't, didn't work for me. Um, it actually got better as the series went along. Um, it got away from the bad jokes, but still had a few here and there. Was it anywhere near the BBC version?
2: I think that's Hell Stockholm no. Syndrome not actually getting better.
0: Yeah. It it got better as it went on, and I think it's because I, got, I liked the characters more and the characters were more entertaining. But overall, it's not as good. I give it a big old meh. Even though it did get renewed for another season, so it gets my you know two point five. Eh, I I highly suggest the BBC version over it, and if you watch it, um, you'll be much happier. The American version is just it, it's it's so Americanized and juvenile that it's it's just it it's just the the BBC just kicks its ass. So other than that um guys we appreciate everybody coming out and listening and watching and doing whatever uh make sure you go check out our sponsors if you haven't uh they have some really good uh products and um make sure you check out john sundays and mondays for his MechWare online streams uh don't forget to uh, check out sorry thursdays also
1: thursday night
0: yeah oh thursday you night take challenge go? night Oh, that's right. You you started doing that the the challenge night. I need to put no, that back I, on there. I, I, I've been doing that the whole time. Oh, I thought you Do had me. You, sh- you had me take that off on Thursday.
2: No, I had you change should You should have just changed the time so that I'm only screaming for two hours every night.
3: Hmm.
2: See, this is how much Gonzo pays attention to John. Yeah. Gonzo, it's been a busy. hard knock life. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And Thursday
0: nights, um, <laughs> I as the poll is over. We'll be changing to Wednesday night for uh, the world building. have uh, been requested by a couple other people off stream also to go to Wednesday night. Um, and then don't forget to check out Kathy Tuesday through Friday on her own channel. Uh, Tuesday through Thursday, she does her painting Friday. She does her reading. You still working on the Conan books?
1: Uh, yeah, we did a Conan story this past Friday.
2: I should it was say one
1: that uh, appeared in Weird Tales in 1933, called "The Tower of the Elephant" by Robert E. Howard. So yeah, we did we did Conan, and I read all of his dialogue in my my best Conan the Barbarian Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> uh, voice. Awesome. As I always do.
2: Because Conan. I saw a clip of Arnold Schwarzenegger with his sword from Conan. He's still got it. Conan (laughs) the King, when? (laughs) Um, Let's see. We're going to send y'all off to
0: uh, Leer Dragon. She's doing some RPG. We're going to send y'all off to her. Guys, please take care of yourself. Please, please, please look after each other. Please be safe. We want to see you when we can. Um, We appreciate you coming out. We appreciate you listening to us on all platforms for More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Kathy. Good night.
2: Now you can take your cat ears off. <laughs>